This is State Senator Jamie Eldridge, and the next series of the Eldridge Files is going to be focused on criminal justice reform. I've spent a lot of time over the past few months in prisons, meeting with prisoners in solitary confinement, and the next two podcasts are interviews uh, with individuals that were in solitary confinement. And what I've done this session, uh, in addition to going into the prisons, is file the legislation really for a recognition for greater oversight around people in solitary confinement, uh, how they're being treated, what kind of programs they get, and hoping to shine some light through these podcasts on some of their stories. The Eldred Files. Jarrell, I'm so honored to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming in. And, you know, we met uh, just, I think, a couple weeks after uh, we were finally released from prison. And, um, you know, obviously uh, wrongfully convicted, uh, served 32 years in prison. And uh, I think, I think you know, I, I chair the Criminal Justice Reform Caucus, chair the Judiciary Committee. So we're looking at, you know, a whole series of, of, of bills and policies to really make sure that what happened to you never happens again to anyone, um, but also, you know, the conditions in prison, uh, education, et cetera. So appreciate being on the show and, um, appreciate you having me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just curious if you could talk a little bit about, um, just sort of going way, way back is where, where were you born? So I was born in Boston, but my family's from Chicago. So I was okay. born here, but lived in Chicago. Okay. And came back around 11, 12. Mm-hmm. You know, and what what neighborhood did you grow up in when you returned to Boston? So Dorchester, primarily Dorchester, but High Park as well. So between High Park and Dorchester. Okay. Yeah, right by uh, Talbot Ave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what was Dorchester High Park area like back then? Well, it's it's totally different for us. My mother's husband is white, so mm-hmm. my family's Nigerian. Okay. And so we live right in Dorchester, so you probably you know wasn't in that particular area. Mm-hmm. Uh, white people there as well. Yep. So, and then it was like living in High Park at that time. Black people there. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, you know, we socialized. I got to see all sides of it. Yeah. You know, so it's mm-hmm. totally different with a black woman married to a white man. You know, it's, it's totally yeah. different. So I got to learn a lot from that in each area. Yeah. People and how they deal with it. Okay. And then, uh, unfortunately, you were... Uh, sent to prison at age 18, is that right? Yep, yep. Yeah, and and any sort of memories you still have from going into to prison and what it was like, where where were you, where were you sent? Well, I was sent to Walpole Prison. When okay. it was Walpole Prison. You know? Yeah, when it was extremely violent. Extremely and, violent. Yeah. You know, prisoners mm-hmm. ran the prison, basically. Mm-hmm. So, my first experience going in there was because when I went in, it was all older guys, mm. you know. So it may have been like five younger guys, and I came in with so I was 18, maybe another guy was 20, everybody else was like 23, 25. Mm-hmm. But all the other guys there seemed like they were already, you know, 30s and 40s. They were yeah. just, you know, because you had it's a little different now, you know. I met so many guys, you know, Joseph, I 
different different people, you know, in Peter Lamoni. So we had gangsters and we had national mm-hmm. black movements and mm-hmm. you know, so everything was organized into groups. Okay. You know, yeah. So that experience was different, you know, trying to mediate a side. Okay, yeah. You know, because everyone wants to force you on the side. Mm-hmm. And so being a, my family being integrated, it was hard. No, not for me. I didn't want to have two sides. Right, right. okay. So I had a relationship with all sides. But okay. going in, it was, um, I always tell people the first day that I went in, we they put you in a holding area. Mm-hmm. And that holding area, before you go to population, and in that holding area, the first thing, that I saw was a guy go by on the gurney stabbed up. Mm-hmm. That was our first experience. You know, you hear the yelling, because then they mm-hmm. used to yell it. Now they use alarms or whatever, but they used mm-hmm. to yell it, freeze it up, yep. and you'd hear that. And that was just the first experience, waiting to go to population before they tell you you're going to population or mm-hmm. you're whatever, just seeing that. So I knew where I was instantly. Yeah, and that must have been such a shock. Yeah. Yes. Shock of the whole nother world. I've yeah. been locked up, so none of that never happened to me. So, right. it was, you know, jump in. Yeah. No, no time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to live it. And you said the prison culture or the prison was it the, the prisoners were sort of running the prison? Yeah. I mean, then we had we had more access to things. You know, we used to be able to Christmas time get packages come in and okay. you could wear your own clothes. You know, okay. There was nothing in that prison that the world had that the prison probably didn't have, you know? Okay. And when did that change and why did that change? I mean, that was different elected officials, different... I think, yeah, maybe the real change came when Weld... Yeah, and, okay, I've heard and, that. Yeah. yeah, and he was talking about busted rocks and, mm-hmm. you know, he really put it down on us. So we, there was so much loss, so mm-hmm. much, you know, so much change. But it really just made it, it made it a harder actually mm-hmm. because I, I don't think guys got better because of that i think it was more resistance to that yeah you know taking away privileges and access yeah. to things so things yeah. that you had you know your visits to being able to just sit your kid on your lap and go outside and walpole in the front we had this little wheel i used to spin my sons on and yeah. you know you could play with them in a little area in the visiting room you know everything was there you could yeah buy snacks and buy sandwiches and all that so that was a drastic change to just come and take all of that. Away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know that uh, for a very long time you've been, you know, an, an advocate, very outspoken while you were in prison. Was that from the beginning? Like, were you always outspoken or? It was the way that I did my time. So, yeah, I've always kind of been outspoken. I think that's how I survived it, just being me. But I think I took that actual turn right around my brother got killed in 90. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. somewhere between, you know, 90 and 91, because I was actually mm-hmm. in the um, DDU, mm-hmm. and that was the change for me. Like, I had had enough. I was seeing it, and, mm-hmm. you know, you stay in your own lane. Mm-hmm. And so I like to read and study, and I started studying the policies. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the older guys, they didn't deal with the policies. They had their own way that they dealt with D-boards and all that stuff. So I got good at it. And I started just representing guys at the D-boards and writing things. And mm-hmm. It was just on from there. Mm-hmm. Just pro- wanting to build programs and, you know, trying to build them and building programs. And mm-hmm. Just dived into that world. And if I may ask you, your brother was killed in 1991. Yeah. Was he in Boston or Massachusetts? Boston, or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then 
my son got killed in 2008. So, mm. and my grandmother, you know, basically raised us. They, yeah. they died like a week apart. So mm-hmm. both of them were in the hospital at the same time. And, you know, that was a hard one because I couldn't go to their funerals. Yeah. That, right. that was the most ridiculous thing. That mm-hmm. I could not go and say goodbye to, yeah. to them. You know, so. And was there a time when prisoners could go to yeah. funerals? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was a time when you could go, you know, and they just came up. And it really, you know, one of the things I talk about is people, I, I'll talk about the situation that occurred with well, but mm-hmm. things legally and everything got worse. And, and I'm not an advocate of this Clinton factor for one reason, because mm-hmm. it was Clinton. Yeah. Not his wife, you know, Bill yeah. Clinton, yeah, yeah. He introduced that anti-terrorism bill. Right. And when that bill came, that bill is really how it kept me in jail because that bill was supposed to be for terrorists. Mm-hmm. And that bill affected us. So it affected lifers. And they mm-hmm. used that to say, can't go to funerals, can't do this, can't do that. And it, it actually took away the appeals. That's when they had that uh, okay. one little clause in there about one appeal. Mm-hmm. So the first appeal, mine was already done by, yeah. by a lawyer who just did it himself. Yeah. And from there, Everything I would file turned into, you know, mm-hmm. should have filed it sooner, should have filed it sooner. So mm-hmm. there's years of just telling me to file something that I knew mm-hmm. nothing about. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did you keep your peace in mind and not go insane from that? I mean, you're you're an innocent man in prison and you can't even file another appeal. I think I could file it, but it would just come back with, mm-hmm. you know, SAC's not reviewing it. Right, like right. Yeah. should have filed it after that bill came. Mm-hmm. But it's questionable how I dealt with it sometimes for myself because there was so yeah. much going on. You got to remember there was homicides there. So a guy could be killed right next door to you, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, riots and real riots, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was just so much going on. But for me, I think I just locked into what I could change. Like it was the only mm-hmm. way to pay them back in my own way. Like, yeah. I'm going to be here. I'm going to change this place. I'm going to mm-hmm. raise every issue. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to learn it. Mm-hmm. And I just got entrenched into doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, you know, survived it. Mm-hmm. Just constantly trying to make change or mm-hmm. constantly try to build a program that would fit into something that could give us change or have mm-hmm. people aware that we were there. Mm-hmm. So. And what, what were you trying to change in the, in the prison in, in Walpole? I wanted to change the culture of it. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the racism was totally different then. Like that bothered me a lot. It was, mm-hmm. you know, you got to remember, you know, and, and I met some good ones, you know, but you got mob guys and you got black activists, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah. it's, then you, the Spanish guys got their own group and everybody literally kind of stayed away. You know, mm-hmm. you couldn't, you didn't sit mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those experiences was there was a guy, um, standing on the wall. So that was probably the part that made it harder for me because my grandmother instilled in me this um this super compassion somehow. Like mm, mm-hmm. and, and, and and sometimes it put me in positions. So there was mm-hmm. a guy standing on a, on a wall once and the guys didn't, they didn't care. So yeah. if you come in new and what's standing on the wall? Well he's holding his food tray. Okay. Because you have to have a table. Oh, okay. So it was okay. you had to have a table. If you yeah. didn't know anybody oh, okay. then you're not gonna sit at a table. So, you know, everybody has their own groups and they have their tables. So mm-hmm. if you come in and you don't know anyone, mm-hmm. 
where are you going to sit? The guards didn't come over and say, sit here, sit there. They just laughed in the corner because it was one of those things where it's a, it's a prison. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a real prison. So you handle it how you handle it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I got the guy, he was standing there mm-hmm. and I had came in with him. So this white guy and I knew him, he's a younger guy and he was standing there. So the guy mm-hmm. I was sitting with, this is the black table and the guy mm-hmm. I was sitting with, he got up. So I just was like, they had all got up and I was still there. So I was like, yeah, I just sit here. Right, right. Yeah. He's sitting there and we're talking afterwards. And then I remember getting back to the block mm-hmm. and getting drilled, you know, by the older guys. Like, don't put on my gun yeah. at this table. Right, right. Okay. You know, you know that mm-hmm. was like, those were sort of against the unwritten rules. Yeah, yeah. like really, really against it. Or I go see a guy, you know, at the Spanish table and maybe mm-hmm. sitting there just, you know, because I didn't think about all that and just mm-hmm. sit down. And then, you know, somebody come by and be like, yo, you know, sit at the Spanish table. Right. Talk to him over there. So it was just. So you try to change that. Yeah, all that, you know, you you still, you really don't change that. I think now, because the gangs are integrated in things, it's different, right? Mm -hmm. But I never got to change that. Yeah. It was just things like that that I would bring up. Sure. You know, like, we're not focusing on what's really happening. Mm -hmm. Or you're not focusing on what we could have. Or when they took the Pell Grants away. Mm. You know, here we are going to the college. You got BC. You got different colleges. You can, you know, yep. I'm in college, and then boom, one day, no Pell grants, mm-hmm. no, no, no funding, no, you know. So mm-hmm. it was like we have to have other programs. And when were the Pell grants taken away? Was that that was an era that too, was in or? the '90s? Okay, yeah. all right, it was yeah. The 90s, so. Okay, so that was federal, federal yeah. action, yeah. probably that same same law. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that was a great loss because it wasn't really like school. You would always, I would always look mm-hmm. at. Like one of my arguments were, and I think I still have the articles, they would take so much stuff from us and then use it and say, this would be because of violence, or you can't have those pins, or you can't mm-hmm. have this. Mm-hmm. And my argument was, well, you're taking all the programs. Yeah. But more guys have fights over weights in mm-hmm. the weight room, right? Mm-hmm. And weights are loose weights, so you can just hit people with guys, been hit yeah. with them, beat with them. And it always amazed me. The basketball fights would happen. They play hockey. That would, you know, be constant yeah. brawls. Right, right. And then somewhere in there, when Wells was talking about the weights or whatever, to taking all that, the union actually spoke up. Like, no, take the weights, then they're gonna be. They fought for us to keep right, them. right, and right. things like that would wake me up and be like, oh, as long as you're in here lifting weights and playing games, they can tolerate it. Okay. The idea is don't educate yourself. Okay. Don't know nothing. Yeah. That's don't help the prisoners think. Don't. Yeah. Don't let them think. Yeah. And it's yeah. still like that. It's like, they don't want you to have too much time to be thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they see that as, in my instance, it was always, you know, you're starting something or nobody asks you to do that. Or we don't need that program. Or, mm-hmm. We don't need you to advise. Or what are you doing writing outside to, you know, politicians and yeah. people? And, you, you, you know, in their minds, it's the weirdest thing to look at the guards and let them look at you because you're writing people that's in charge yeah, and using a pen. And then they look at you like, that's right. Mm-hmm. Like they would really mm-hmm. try to manipulate you. So if I say, I'm going to write something else and tell yeah. me about this, this shouldn't be this mm-hmm. way. They would really try to be in your ear and be like, that's telling. Yeah. That's telling. Yeah. And I, and, and, and I would always just be amazed. Like, We're on different sides. Yeah. I can't tell on you. You're supposed to be, you know, you're not right, in this right. cold. Right. Mm-hmm. So, we have to bring the issues out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're also going to have guys that are incarcerated that would see it the same way. Like, oh, mm-hmm. now we handle it our way. But 
to me, it was always pushed to handle it violently. That mm-hmm. is the response they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, guys would hit a cop jump on. So that's how you're supposed to mm-hmm. man up and handle it. But that mm-hmm. was a trap. So mm-hmm. I was like, no, we're not going to fall into that trap. Yeah. So what was the, I mean, I sort of get a sense already, but what, what was the interaction with correction officers like? Mine's the worst. Okay. You know, you, you reach a plateau of being like almost the most hated because I would look up things like D-boards. You know, we, we have the hearing, so if they have a D-board. Yeah. And someone gets a ticket. So a D-board is, I move this. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be moved. Mm-hmm. It could be the smallest thing. And then a guard writes it up and says, hey, Jones had two pins in his cell. You're only supposed to have one. Mm-hmm. Um, Jones used his pillow on the floor to sit on or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Or the TV breaks and you put a piece of tape on it. And then they'd be like, no, that TV's been rigged. Okay. It, yeah. They make you buy a new TV. So they bring you to the board and it'd just be a guard, right? Or maybe two. Mm-hmm. And you're talking to them mm-hmm. and you're explaining like, that's not in the policy. That, yeah. that doesn't exist. Why? And you know, and it's just conversation with them, and then they just go on by you. And the next thing you know, you you get the ticket, and they'd be like, thirty days lost of this, or sixty days in the hole. Mm-hmm. Guys didn't have a way. You'd come out and say, "That's not what I said." They would write up what you said to them. Yeah, and it always would be like you're admitting something. Yeah, and no one's mm-hmm. doing that. So then I found the loophole. That was one of the biggest things they hated, and mm-hmm. I saw it. And we could have a recording. Like, I have a bunch of those tapes, so I mm. brought them home. Mm-hmm. You know, hearing, so people could really hear how a hearing goes. Like, yeah. how they just... And this is a hearing when, when you've been given a ticket? When you've been given okay. a ticket. Yes, okay. it's called a D-report. And, you know, I found that loophole. We could record them. So I started telling everybody. Yeah. You know, you pay the, pay the money to record it. It was like $3 or whatever to mm-hmm. have it recorded. Mm-hmm. You pay the money to record it. Guys don't want to do that. But, I was, you know, once they caught on, then guys started asking. I want to mm-hmm. record it. I want to record it because then mm-hmm. you can hold them to what they're saying. And that mm-hmm. that drives them crazy because yeah. they can't do the regular stuff they do. Like, yeah, whatever, swear. They, they try yeah. to play along to the team. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, And by being so outspoken, you felt that you were being punished? Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. the biggest punishment was, I did what it was so many times, but I mm-hmm. think when I found my way in there, you know, and being able to do things mm-hmm. was... When Governor Duval was in his office, mm-hmm. and it was because of me that he did the tour. You know, he had did okay. the tour of the prisons because at that time I was bringing in the leaders, okay. community leaders, Mel King, yep. Chuck Turner, lots of people. You know, mm-hmm. um, Ayanna first time, mm-hmm. yep. and having these community meetings. So mm-hmm. that would be like you there now. They have to conduct things a little different because here comes a senator, here comes state reps, and mm-hmm. I'm bringing them in. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing them into a world that they don't want anyone to know. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, going there, they don't want sure, anybody yeah. to know. So that was like ticket after ticket after ticket after ticket. They would okay. try to do things to the meeting, maybe Friday. They yeah. would try to do something so that I would be out the way. Oh, okay. And then it couldn't happen. So they couldn't interact with you or? or yeah, so, so, they couldn't, be so they couldn't, mm-hmm. so the whole event would be canceled because I'm the one bringing them. Right? Oh, okay, yeah. So, you know, they would want to cancel the whole thing. So I used to just take those times and be say, you know what I'm gonna do the next three days. I know what's gonna happen. I'm just gonna lock in. Mm-hmm. So I would just spend my three days locked in. So wow. there would be, yeah. I wouldn't come out the cell. I would just eat in and everything. Mm-hmm. That way, you didn't have anything to yeah. work with. Mm-hmm. But those were the hardest parts. You know, when when the governor came through and it was hell. Yeah, 
And, and what was that visit by Governor Patrick like or an other elected official? Was there a chance? One of the challenges I, I find touring prisons, and I just was at MCA Walpole now, Cedar Junction, is that, you know, often if you have a DOC superintendent or correction officer with you, understandably, the prisoners more often than not are not going to talk about their real experience. Right. So I asked for one-on-one interviews, but, but what was that visit like since it was sort of a, a watershed moment? It was, what well, the odd thing about it was I actually got moved. So mm-hmm. I was all in the paper for that. I, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if um, you recall, but mm-hmm. the Herald took one of the guards and a captain and a lieutenant. They were so frustrated by that. So yeah. they actually took a D report. Mm-hmm. Whited it, whatever they did, and gave it to the Herald. But at that time, I had gotten married. Oh, okay. And so they whited it out and said that we had sex in a visitor room, something that never happened. And the Herald just ran it. Yeah. And then at my wife's, the, the news is coming here and all of that stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. And they had moved me and they said, oh, we're moving him for his own safety. And I'm yeah. going, I've been here forever under right. the safety. And now you're saying the union mm-hmm. basically wants to kill you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because they, it was, um, Gloria Fox was coming that day. Oh, okay. And okay, she yeah. came to the hole. Yep. And so what they did was they intentionally let my wife through with her to try to, you know, say, okay. oh, she can't be in here after she got in. I and, do remember that story. To the hole. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we wound up, as you know, we wind up, um, we were the ones that the Herald was like, right? we're going all yeah. the way. Filed a lawsuit, beat the Herald. Yeah. You know, they spent over three something they spent, dollars, they right? spent yeah. millions of dollars yeah. to take it all the way to trial. Mm-hmm. And we, we beat them, you know, mm-hmm. and wind up suing them, Channel 7, a few of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because yeah. they just set that up to stop my whole movement. Right. Yeah. So when Governor Patrick came in, and obviously that was relatively recently, was there any changes by his administration or management? or? Well, people seem to forget that when, when Clark came, you know, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Commissioner Clark. Yeah, Commissioner Clark. Yeah, you know, he was the first one to approve my video program. Okay, because I had been writing that for like twelve years, trying to get it, mm-hmm. trying to get it through public safety, telling them we need to have this, we need to do this, we should, we should be talking to kids, we should be doing something. And he came and took that. Mm-hmm. But I was they were the, they were so at me all the time that yeah. they would always have to like Miss Cabral. That's why I said I got to sit with her and you know have lunch with her at my place. Yeah. and. She, um, you know, we had personal conversations like how hard it was. Like they, yeah. they, their view was, we got to protect you. We got to send you so We got to, because they hate you. And I'm yeah. like, they always hate you. Mm-hmm. Right? So right. they have yeah, to use it. Deal. And they'll try to use a guy to do it. You know, they have to, you know, try to get another inmate, like do something to him or whatever. But okay, it was, you know, that's why I said all prisoners are not what people think they are because guys could catch on. So they was like, he was doing, he does work that actually benefits us and mm-hmm. he fights stuff that we won't. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't do it, you know, white or black. No one mm-hmm. was attacking me. No one was following. They would actually tell me, like even my guy might tell me, they won't go here. No, he said no, yeah. right? Because we like what you're doing. So I just kept going no matter what they were doing. But it was, people forget, the point that I wanted to make that people forget that Harold Clark was, they did all that money to do a worldwide search to bring him here. Yeah. And within a year, he was gone. Yeah. He couldn't take it. He just left. Yeah. Because the actions of other the actions employees. of the unions and the yep. employees, they, they were just, they were resistant to that change, to those okay. programs and to all that stuff. They just 
entirely resistant to it. Yeah. Okay. They did so not, that's why he left. They did not want that. Mm-hmm. You know, so by the time that Harold thing happened and all that, he just was out. Okay. And that, that amazed me because I was like, well, did anybody ever add up how much money you spent to bring him here? Yeah. And it oh, then yeah. also picked up on the point that if they could run him out, what do you think is happening inside? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. that was that was that was that bothered me. And then what did they do? They took the same people who were already in place as the commissioner and mm-hmm. just brought them back. Sure, right, right, right. So how much sense did that make? Yep. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't go find someone else. He left, and they took the commissioner that was already there and the deputy and just put them back in place. Right. So where where was the change going to come? They had been doing it right. Why would you replace them? Yeah. So why would you put them back? And Governor Baker and Lieutenant Governor Plato have done the same thing yeah. during their time. Yeah. Yep. So it sounds like you were sent to solitary confinement a lot. Yeah. Spent a lot of time. Yeah. And I, I don't want to, you know, press too much, but I mean, what, what was that experience like? Well, before we had the DDU, we had DSU. Mm. So that was in 10 block. Okay. So I spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, you toured the wall, correct? Yep. So I don't, I don't know now because they changed it, but. The bars are here, but you know, we have that big solid door on yep. 10 block. Yep. So it's like a big solid door that slams in, you know, dirty little window square. That's all you can see out of about this big. Yeah, yeah and I saw those. So I spent a lot of time there mm-hmm. and before they built the DDU. And it was, I mean, we're, we're in there 23 hours a day. But I always try to remind people, even to this day, it's not legally correct what they're doing because they have you and they say it's 23 hours a day, but there are two days out of every week that you're in 24 hours a day so because a you weekend don't, or, but a weekend, yeah. right? And sometimes they'll do it on a Thursday or Friday, whatever days they pick. So you're, you know, those days are 24 hours. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not supposed to be 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was rough because you couldn't get to anything. You couldn't yeah. have anything. We, you know, everything we try to pass a newspaper, you're, you're doing it with the paper on the floor and right. you're just throwing down a line and you're reeling it in, you know, yeah. that's the world we lived in. But no access to programs. Yeah, no, no access, canteen. No, no, yeah, none of that canteen stuff. Mm-hmm. Back then we could get um, a little more canteen. Like now you can't, you know, at all. But yeah. then we could get like a little snack or whatever, you know, small mm-hmm. bag, and mostly just buy pens and paper. And yeah. yeah. So was it was it getting worse just before you left, or yeah, your last year, your last two years? I think it's. I think the prison system is worse now because there's a loss of. Um, people being treated like human beings. Okay. There's, there's, yeah. you know, because of the, the gang thing. Let's look at let's look at the max. Let's look at the law, the suit that was one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few suits filed by enemies as well. Yeah. And they were told not to segregate gangs anymore. So mm-hmm. when Walpole, they had different blocks. And so all the gangs would, you know, they started separating mm-hmm. and have a minimum in the max in. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so now you look at Shirley Max, mm-hmm. and that's the issue that I would raise as well, is that the gangs are separated. So there's a gray side and a green side, and people mm-hmm. are not paying attention to that. And then mm-hmm. certain gangs live in certain blocks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so only time a guy might run across a guy is if he goes to the hospital unit or he's somewhere particular. Mm-hmm. And then a beef will happen. Yeah. So right, these right. are unresolved issues that are coming mm-hmm. back out here, no matter mm-hmm. what you do, because you're not seeing a guy again. You can't resolve it. I mean, we had those mm-hmm. beefs in Walpole back in the day, but we could resolve them because... You know, everybody would come together after and be like, all right, we had to be for whatever was going mm-hmm. on. And now, you know, you're not thinking, I'm going to kill this guy and you get out and he's going to do this and do that. Now, the guys mm-hmm. are separated. So 
they don't they don't have an opportunity to, to even try to piece anything. Yeah. Okay. So if they can't piece it, they're just waiting, you know, they, they're forced to wait and be like, oh, that guy over there killed somebody in my family. Because you remember everybody's coming in. Yeah. And killing each other's family. And yeah. That 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 bothers me. And and then things when those individuals are released from prison, right. there's, a, there's a problem or, or of course there's or, a problem. Yeah. I mean, how are you getting ready under that? Right. Yep. And and most mm-hmm. people are not, I mean, this didn't make sense to me either. So I was there doing natural life. Shouldn't have been there, but I was there doing natural mm-hmm. life. And then you have a lot of lifers. Mm-hmm. And then this kid will come and he's got four years, three years. When he comes into that unit, mm-hmm. he's under the pressure of how it's going to be run the way everybody mm-hmm. that's been there is going to run it. Mm-hmm. So you'll have guys that have no choice but to join a gang or do something, right? Mm-hmm. And I always just thought, why would you mix them with us? Mm-hmm. Why Why the guy yeah. that has three years or whatever, why don't you have blocks for them? Because that right. way they wouldn't be associated into the crime school. Yeah. And then they would not be involved. They wouldn't be under that pressure. You know, They wouldn't mm-hmm. have to go through this or... They wouldn't be around other people who are never going home or people who don't care. Right, right. They wouldn't mm-hmm. be in their own units, right? For short timers. That ain't how it works. So I, I just mm-hmm. think that's ridiculous because I've seen a so lot see of a guys change. I see impact. Yeah, I see yeah. a lot of guys yeah. change. You get kids coming scared or, you know, young guys, and mm-hmm. now they have to fit in. Mm-hmm. It's crime school. What do you think goes on here? It's crime school. That's all everybody's going to talk about, how to be a better criminal or, you mm-hmm. know, and, 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 that's what's promoted. Mm-hmm. And then you get guys, you mm-hmm. know, remember, I'm not the only one. You got lots of guys. I learned from somebody too, you know? Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of guys that have been there a long time and need to be home. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not say that, but they need to be home because they've been there so long, 40 mm-hmm. years, 45 years. The guy's nothing like he was when he was 19. Yeah. He's got mm-hmm. degrees. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy that spent time with me, talks, you know, he's trying to help yep. everybody. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing it for 20 years or more. He's already made that change. And we're just saying, well, you're there till you die. Right, right. And and I understood it when we talked here in the mother's version, you know, but I have family members to violence too. So I'm seeing each side of it. Yeah. And I understand mm-hmm. each side of it. And it's just, it's sad the way it runs now. Yeah, that's the that's the bottom line. It's it's, it's not it's not organized, and I I think out here people just really don't know. Yeah, you know. So even when they do a tour, say you go through or whatever, mm-hmm. you're going where they want you to go. You mm-hmm. might not know that because you don't know the whole prison. So when yep. they take you somewhere, you might say, "I want to go here, go mm-hmm. there." There's going to be a block they're not going to take you to. Mm-hmm. They've already rearranged it. They've already brought some of the guys that will speak out or that know the mm-hmm. law will be able to will speak right because. Mm-hmm. No one wants to really be speaking out in here because you're not going to get no favors from the cops. You're not going to have no, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're not on its side. So yeah. they will move you to another unit. Many times I've been there and somebody's coming through, you know, and mm-hmm. move that they don't know why. And then find out, oh, at the other block, mm-hmm. um, a rep came through and be like, mm-hmm. got us again. Because they know you're going to be the one. I don't know your experience going mm-hmm. in, but, you know, guys may yell something out the door or say, hey, I would just try to walk over and be like, you see that right there? It's not supposed to be right there. Yeah, right, right. Two gods here, this, that. Because you, unless you're that direct, do it. we're not going to know. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and to them, you know, you're putting them right on the spot. You got a captain. So you're going to pay for that. I always yeah. pay for it. But mm-hmm. I, I didn't mind doing that. I, I, I felt like that's what we had to do. Yeah. There's other guys in there that's the same way. Mm-hmm. So we just got to try to bridge this thing. 
you know, especially talking about the segregation because yeah. the segregation is the important factor. You're segregating people, like Mike Cox said, you're separating people because they have an issue. So a guy comes in, he's mm-hmm. gay, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they say he's punished because of that. He's getting yeah. punished because of yeah. that. Um, yeah. A guy comes in, he's afraid, he really doesn't know. And then they say, well, you don't want to go in that unit. He sees that unit's all one particular gang, and they're like, that's the cell we got. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, well, then you go into the hole. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of people in segregation, a lot of people who have done things, they use it as a placement of, mm-hmm. you don't want to go in that block, or you don't want to do this, or you don't right. want to do, well, right. we don't have, you'll go to the hole. Mm-hmm. That's not what segregation is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's, um, it's even sadder now because they got less, so you don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And this talk about, they got computers now and tablets, yeah. yeah. The, the yeah. tablets. The tablets. Otherwise, I would have been taking the tablets right in your office right from there. Yeah. The tablets are for music, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's why we got the tablets because you you could buy the music on it. Right, and the right. music there out here, 99 cent or less. In this, $1.85 a song. Mm-hmm. So they, they that's what it was about. Yeah. Then they mm-hmm. added this, you know, the email factor mm-hmm. saying that stuff is coming through the mail and this is happening and mm-hmm. that's happening, which is a bunch of BS because everybody knows more stuff will probably come from mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not something that you can use in the hole because in the hole, they wasn't letting you have it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I call it the hole because it's always going to be the hole to me, but segregation. So you're not going to have it anyway when actually mm-hmm. segregation should be the place of education because mm-hmm. you're stuck in there. Sure. So sure, it would right. be better to have those things working where you can, you know, watch classes. Mm-hmm. Right. It could be videos on, you know, for mm-hmm. classes live from the teacher's room or a teacher could be just like in this office. She could be teaching and then you have the option of learning something while you're in that hole. Mm-hmm. So it's, the segregation is just it's a it's a spiritual crush. Yeah. It's mental. It's spiritual. Yeah. You know, you, you're seeing guys cut up, you know, one one incident we had the Spanish guys, the food was coming uncooked, like literally uncooked. And then they decided to. um cut up mm-hmm. like a few of them one guy cut his eyeball i mean like, these guys really cut up to try to bring attention yeah to how mm-hmm. bad it was and no one out here knew that yeah they didn't put that over the media be like this guy cut his throat this guy they just was like they lived but no mm-hmm. one knew that mm-hmm. so the extremes you go through in yeah. that hole trying to have some life control right yep Cause mm-hmm. you can't get a God when you want. You can't get access to stuff when you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you, you're basically at that door all day or somebody's next door, you know, doing a beat or drumming and everyone's yelling. Cause that's the only way they can communicate. Yeah. Most yeah. guys, you know, young guys, especially they, you know, be up night. So I would be up night too, because that's, I knew to be up night, but mm-hmm. you know, that's when everybody's just up yelling, talking mm-hmm. and you got 15 conversations mm-hmm. going on. So it's, it's, it's hard. I've seen a lot of guys, you know, hang it up, mm-hmm. you know, right next to, um, right next door. You know? mm-hmm. So those things kind of give me flashes just to, yeah. you know, you're talking to a guy mm-hmm. in um, Helder. I was in um, Norfolk, he's two hole, and his name was Helder. And he had mm-hmm. just asked, we had cigarettes then too. And he, no one, you know, he was one of those guys that would do like crazy stuff because he was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So no one talked to him, mm-hmm. you know, like dealing mm-hmm. with him at all. I didn't really. Mm-hmm. But we just in that hole, and he's next door. And um, he was asking for a cigarette for so 
long and he just banged on my thing. He just knocked on its side because it was real thin down the wall. Mm-hmm. It's like a submarine, that Norfolk thing was at the mm-hmm. time. It's like a submarine. He knocked and he was like, just need one cigarette. Yeah. And then for some reason, I just slid him the cigarette and everybody, you know, kind of like, I don't give him no cigarette because he would do weird stuff. Like he would really, he would, like if you're trying to pass something down the line, he would snatch it. Mm-hmm. So he would do stuff that you yeah. actually wouldn't. But some reason that night, I just gave him the cigarette. Didn't think nothing else about it. He just said, thank you. And then the next thing I knew, God came by to do his round. And he stopped at my door and he stopped there. And he just started screaming. And they pulled him out. The guard started screaming? or Yeah, the guard started yeah. screaming for them. Yeah. And they pulled him out, laid him right in front of the door. And he was dead. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this guy smoked that cigarette and hung it up. You know, and yeah. just just in that moment. So you see that a lot. Yeah. yeah. And then you're not. It's so many violations like mental health. Let's talk about the mental yeah. health. Yeah, there, absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's called HIPAA, right? And, yeah. Yeah. Confidentiality. Confidentiality. Yep. So let's make sense of this. If that's the law, I couldn't even get my own stuff. You know, like, hey, I need mm-hmm. this paperwork. Or when I went to this, I need that. Yeah. Oh, you got to fill this out. No, you can't. Couldn't even have my own information. Mm hmm. But when you're in segregation, when the mental health come, they're talking to you through your door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the tier where everybody can hear it. Right, right. So mm-hmm. how is that not a violation of the law? Mm-hmm. So guys who would need help, right, or when they first come to the hole, everyone's listening. So when they come over and say, are you going to be okay up here? Do you need anything? Do you feel like hurting yourself? Right. The answers are going to be no, 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 because the guy got to live in prison and he's going to just be no to everything yeah. because he doesn't right. want everybody. Where are you from? What's your mother's name? Um, You're doing an interview all my life behind yeah. the door with right. everybody yeah. listening. Right, right. No mm-hmm. one's responding to that. Mm-hmm. So how are you getting out? Mm-hmm. Right, right. How are you getting out? Right, versus, you know, having you get out of the cell and sit right. down in a conversation. It should always be that. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. it should always be that. And that's how they do it. Mm-hmm. You know, or if, you know or if you're doing something and you ask for mental health and the guards get ready to, you know, come and roll on you and mm-hmm. suit up and, you know, mm-hmm. drag you out or something, they'll bring the mental health worker. Mm-hmm. And and what happens is they spend too much time together. I think the guards and them, and they become like the guards. Okay, yeah. Yep. They mm-hmm. become like that in order to survive themselves. Sure, right? sure, yeah. So especially the women, because guys are all trying to, you know, sort of survive it themselves. So... They'll just be kind of, ah, you seem all right. Do what you guys got to do. Yeah. And you'll right. be like, wow. Right. It's a quick five minute. It's a quick mental health check. Or, yeah. Just right at the yeah. door. Mm-hmm. Um, what day is it? Da, da, da. And it really had nothing to do with that. You're trying to get across the point like, no. Yeah. This guy took my bread off my plate. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to have bread. And it's sitting up there in their office so he can have bread. Yep. He's the cop. He needed bread. And he's talking about there's no more. And I'm looking at the bread right there and I mm-hmm. don't have bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not giving up your trade because you're saying, I got to take some stance. I want bread. And you're showing yeah. them you don't right, have right. it. And it's just wave you off and then they're going to come in and jump on you to take the tray and mm-hmm. write you up. So it just gets worse and worse. And it's just worse. Mm-hmm. It's just worse. It's the worst. So you, you've been speaking out a lot, obviously, since you've been, you know, uh, brought to freedom is is. What what would what would you say to other elected officials? What should we be doing? Um, and obviously, you know, there's a growing number of elected officials, especially sort of, you know, newer legislators that are coming into the prisons. You know, uh, I've been to MCA Norfolk, Cedar Junction, MCA Shirley, uh, MCA Framingham. But what what from a sort of bigger picture, what what do we need to do? 
Well, I think the first thing we need to do is to make sure we're aware of what's not being done, mm-hmm. right? To really look at what's missing versus what they're telling you exists. Mm-hmm. How the prison actually works. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest that this individual way of doing it, you know, I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. it may be another center we've seen here, and, and because you're getting your information through paperwork. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. someone's passing it down, someone's, you know, you're reading it and you're mm-hmm. reading about it, right? Mm-hmm. Why not bring us into a room, you know, and, and, and invite a few mm-hmm. senators and we all sit down and yeah. ask the tough questions, look at what you're looking at, look at each facility, look at right. what each thing that's running. And then, you know, mm-hmm. and then address it. Yeah. I mean, that's all sure. I know, sadly. At 32 mm-hmm. years living in a place, so if you were stuck in this office for 32 years, it doesn't matter who cleans this office, what they do. It could be a cleaner coming here every day. You're going to discover things that that cleaner never even, you know, you're going to know yeah. the simplest thing. Well, that flower has 15 points, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, mm-hmm. it's 25 little white lines to it. Mm-hmm. No one else would be sitting in here counting you know, but you would but because you're, you're there. Right, right. So mm-hmm. all I know is prison. Yeah. So the only way that I can do anything about it now is after doing so much in there is saying they know I know. Yeah. You know, there's this, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a certain prisoner, they know like that guy will say it and he knows. Mm-hmm. So my thing is like, nah, I got to expose it. Mm-hmm. So I, I yeah. would want, I'd want that. I don't, I don't, I don't see why we don't take a day. It's a suggestion, you know, and yeah. take and invite the senators and invite the reps into one room. Sure. And yeah. You come and talk about what you think is going on and everybody is hearing it live and ask mm-hmm. the tough questions and immediately look at it. Mm-hmm. Is that factual? Is that running that way? Mm-hmm. Real simple things. Is there a law that says don't separate these gang members? Mm-hmm. Now, how is that affecting the community? How many guys have come out? And killed each other. You know, that was mm-hmm. in the same facility. No one's tracking that. No one's looking and saying, you know, this guy got killed from prison. You know, uh, he got out. And that guy was there. And they've mm-hmm. been enemies. And they were mm-hmm. shooting before. And now both of them are dead. And you're not catching it. You're not catching mm-hmm. the momentum of what is going on. Or what's okay. coming back. And that, yeah. that's important. Yeah. So the, the t- totality of everything. Yeah. The bigger picture. Yeah. yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and who's the ear? You know, who's mm-hmm. the ear down here? It's the state house, of course. But who's the actual ear? Mm-hmm. You know, even for me, yeah. who's the who's the person that you would just turn around and say, I need to talk to more of them. I need to let you yeah. guys know mm-hmm. you have to have that medium in here so it doesn't really exist. Yeah. And I, and I would say beyond the legislature really needing to step up. And that's, yeah. a, you know, I'll take your suggestion and see if the criminal justice from caucus can do that sort of hearing. Right. But I also think it's really about who's going to be the next governor. You know, right. is, is the current governor clearly is not supportive of change. The right. Department of Justice, the federal Department of Justice, the Trump administration right. is investigating the Department of Corrections. That speaks right. volumes. Right. So getting the next governor, you know, who's the next DOC commissioner, that sort of thing. Well, I mean, why do, why do people go to Harvard or BC or go to any of your schools to educate themselves on something that the world says, you're gonna need this to go mm-hmm. to this next level. Mm-hmm. Okay. How are you going to know about prison if you're not taking the class too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, exactly. From, from the living monuments, how are you? How are you going to know? Mm-hmm. You're not going to. Mm-hmm. So it's just to me, time to know. Yeah, you know, and, and hold the people. And there's some things that I did, and, and I'm going to reveal those. I did a lot of things that were really unusual. So I used to write down here, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. I used to write certified letters. Mm-hmm. Certified, 
So I have all the green receipts. Yeah. And I would write senators and everybody mm-hmm. certified. Yeah. So they signed for it, never hear back from them. Yep. And now you have to see the letters that I was writing. Mm-hmm. And there were letters that one of those mm-hmm. that I have to speak mm-hmm. on the Mattapan Massacre, you know, yep. when that happened. And a kid mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. I sat with this kid, talked to him, talked to him, and then he writes. You know what? Because I knew he wasn't ready. You're not ready to go home, bro. Yeah. He's long way from ready. And yeah. he writes. We sit down. We write it. We certify mail it. Yeah. And then he comes right out and and wind up killing, right? The baby and everything. Yep. Okay. I look at that and go, but I told you. Right, right. I wrote you this guy. Exactly. And never respond. So I would want them to see who's responsible for paying attention to what comes across your desk. Sure. Sure, you're going to get all kinds of stuff from prisoners, but it's not a hard thing to have somebody to screen it. To pay particular attention. Right. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's something I want to do. And, and, and you know, I didn't want to just embarrass them all publicly because a lot of them I've written mm-hmm. three or four times and they, now I'm home. Right, and right, they don't right. know that I'm sitting with these cards with serious letters telling them things that are happening that we need to deal with right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those things occur. Sure. So I think we need something, mm-hmm. somebody, some kind of medium to be able to yeah. get this information to, yeah. to let those letters go to one place and then have screeners. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy to have an aide or, you know, volunteer that will screen them and say, we need to catch this one. Mm-hmm. Not Absolutely. just get them in, in your office and that person and just, ah, I don't know what he's talking about. I right. can't do everything. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's something I'll take a look at. And, um, you know, I know we could talk for a very, very long time. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, um, but more than that, I just so appreciate you speaking out each and every day. I see you everywhere on social media, um, advocating for reform, just as you were an advocate behind the walls um, unjustly. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I also just want to say, I don't think I've ever said this to you, but I'm just, I'm so sorry what you went through. And as an elected official, I just apologize you know what you went through and anything i can do to change i'm very committed to it i really appreciate that and i just wanted to close with like you know we talked about earlier is that i wanted people to know that we're going to try to push this information through dry boston me and baron house so that mm-hmm. we're five trying to five or one see that now and you know in the strongest link it's the strongest mm-hmm. link program that, that i created in prison was with us in the community you know it started from the theory of you know they always say the weakest link breaks yep. the chain. So right, my right. thing is that we make one strong link and duplicate that. Mm-hmm. We will have a community bond. So the strongest link is the most important thing, having mm-hmm. you a part of the link, having guys that are in prison, women that Absolutely. are in prison, having different people and just trying to create that. So, yeah. Well, I look forward to being on your show. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right. yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me. Yep. Thank you. You can get the money. The money. The money. The power. The power. The power. Keep your eyes on. Shit, I found God when I lost religion. Shit, I knew vision. Like glass on that light, so many colors.